Hello friends and welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast. It's Monday, we're coming to you earlier than planned this week because there's stuff going on and we want to get to you as quickly as possible. My name is Mark Heath, I'm your host as ever and joining me as ever, Suffolk's answer to Ant and Deck, Dr Stuart Watson and Andy Hutch Hogan Warren. Stewie, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Outstanding. You sounded like you were in a hole last week on the podcast, listening back to it. So I'm hoping that your audio is better this week. Apologies for that. Technical issues, I believe, is the uh, the correct term. Um, um, you... I, I just think I had a bit of dust in my microphone slot. If that if that's technical issues, that's all I can think it, it is. I've given it a blow, <laughs> uh, a lethal blow, and um, it seems to be okay now. Outstanding. Good work, Stewie. You, you've solved that problem. Uh, and of course, your partner in crime. I don't know which one of you would be Ant and which one of you would be Deck, um, but there's certainly a duo synonymous with each other. Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren, how are you, my friend? I think I'm Deck. Which one is Deck? Is that the the kind of smaller one? Yeah. Oh come on! Everyone knows which way round Ant and Deck are. Uh, yeah, but under under pressure, I probably wouldn't know. Deck's the smaller one, isn't he? And Ant's Ant's the um the troubled the troubled yeah. soul. Which, oh which yeah, probably... he is a, he is struggling a bit, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that probably works actually, because obviously, Hutchie, you're you're a little bit smaller than Stewie. Um, full of full of the jokes, and and I've, Stewie, as I've we got know, a larger forehead. You've got a larger forehead, and 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 uh, issues with drink. So there you go. <laughs> Wasn't it's more like prescription drugs as well? Was it? Is it? It's, a, it's both of them. Yeah. Uh, okay, double whammy. Boys, it's great to be back in your in your presence, um, even if it's virtual. And we're joined this week by a very special guest. For one week only, you know him as survivor of a lightning strike, chronic mispronouncer of words and names, and also, of course, the host of the strike. Producer Ross, the prospect, is back in the building, baby. Ross, how are you? Hi. I'm hey. <laughs> Friend. Good to be back for a week. Fre- on friend. The yeah, so just to explain to uh, to the people, the KOA Army, Ross has obviously been furloughed since mid-April. Um, he's back with us for a week to help sort out the, um, the Ipswich Town sticker album, which I, I talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then hopefully we'll see back with us um, come September and, and football kicking off and stuff. Roscoe, how has, how has furlough been for you? How's lockdown been? Bring us up to speed. How is the beard? It's... Uh... It's getting bigger. I've, um, you know, given you evidence via side shot pictures and all that jazz. So you've yeah. seen half of it, but yeah, it's it's got big, I have to say, as uh, she said. <laughs> what is have you got? What is the problem, Ross, with you taking a normal selfie as well? You, you, you seem to have to take one at an angle. What's what's that about? That's my best side. Uh, which side though? Both of them, but <laughs> <laughs> not not the front. <laughs> amazing ross it's so it's so good to have you back uh, i'm sure the boys will agree what give us your three highlights of, of furlough so far ross what you've been up to um i think i know it's a weird one but running like learning how to run again <laughs> learning how to run there's like, something you'd forgotten how to do how to do like properly like because like, i never really like before a few years like for the last few years i haven't really bothered running properly but like this time i've been Get, got my running shoes, bought some good running shoes, got some proper running gear, and I've been looking and exploring Kesgrave, which has been good fun. Have you been banging out the five Ks like John Nolan? Yeah, pro- probably not that sort of times. You know, yeah, they've they've they got down to the mid twenty now, mid twenties, but at the beginning it was thirty five, little breaks here and here and there. Mid twenties is is very much respectable, my friend. That's good man. Yeah, Nolan Nolan's sixteen minutes is absolutely obscene. Yeah. I don't don't see me doing that. Ever. No, no. Uh, what else have you been up to other than running? Have you um, bought a swimming pool, Ross? No, no. That was uh, that was my sister's swimming pool. But, um, very, it's basically nice. mine now. I've taken over it. Basically, I'm I'm pretty much there most days now when it's sunny. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. It's it's tremendous to have you back, Ross. I'm sure the boys would agree. Um, before we get into the, the sexy stuff, and we are recording this on a Monday, obviously normally it'd be later in the week, because um, basically because Hutchie's got a couple of secret missions over the next couple of days, which would mean that we wouldn't be able to record until Thursday. 
and the stuff we wanted to get out there um, and talk to you about first. So obviously, sexy stuff. We'll get onto that in a minute. But boys, before we go onto that, can I just share something? This weekend, I was alone for the first time since January. My wife went to see her mum, uh, which meant I was alone in Casa del Heath. And is it is it just me, my friends? But um, whenever we're all married men here, Ross, you're practically married. You're very much a lost, lovesick puppy. He may well be married. Have you have you proposed during this? No, no, no. (laughs) Are you sure? Anyway, um, so the wife leaves, uh, and I'm expected, obviously, to to when she returns, I'm I'm expected to have carried out a number of chores, cleaning the house, etc. But I'm never told exactly what said chores are, Uh, and I always say, look, if you want me to do something, just 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 tell me, and I'll do it. And and the standard reply is I shouldn't have to tell you, um, boys. Is that something that that you experience as well with your uh, your better halves? Um. Okay, go on, Ross. Yes. That was a yes from Ross. What do you want me to expand? Yes, please. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> have you forgotten how to do this? Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah. Uh, should we should have done a proper pre pre podcast little briefing before, but uh, no, she there's, we've got a whiteboard on the fridge and she normally writes things down. I normally forget about it. It's oh, normally the bin, the bin I always forget about. But she gives you instructions. This is what I'm after. You see, I don't, yeah, I don't want, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want to have to be psychic. Hutchie, how about you? Is it is a situation in your house? Um, yeah, I I, I would never be left like ambiguous, ambiguous in. As you said, is Liz essentially telling you don't sit down all weekend? I want to see evidence that you've done basically, basically, some, yeah. something of relevance. I, I know that I'm expected when she's not here to clean the house top to bottom. Fine, I'll do that. I'll bang that out, no problem. But it's the it's the it's the superfluous extra tax tasks on top that are kind of left uh, flapping in the wind, uh, and I'm never really sure what I should do. Um, which leads me to sort of panic and last minute. For, for me, I think it's just a, I don't want to come home to empty beer cans and takeaway boxes everywhere. Just as long as you've stuck a hoover around and not left a pile of washing up, you're yeah. all right. And that's fine. And you can leave that. I assume you left that till sometimes literally 10 minutes before before they're sort of due to, to arrive back in through the door. And then you have to do it all at a, a breakneck speed. Yeah, um, as long as there's a kind of a smell of bleach and and washing up liquid in the house when she walks through the door, I think uh, it, I'm usually I'm usually golden. Uh, but I just wonder. Obviously, we've got we've got a big uh, female listenership on on the Kings of Anglia um, due to uh, our rugged sex appeal and the fact that two two of us are dilfs. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I, I want to know, female listeners, what's what's the, what's the, what's the deal? Why why can't you just tell us what to do? Um, that'll be a lot easier. Anyway, boys, let's talk about what we're here to talk about, which is football, transfer, sexy stuff. Um, Stuart Watson and, and Andy Warren, you broke the internet this morning, or at least our website, um, with what is certainly going to be the most read story of the month. It's got thousands of views already. James Norwood linked to two clubs, Dundee United and Fleetwood Town. Um, your thoughts, please. Who wants to start? Hutchie, should we start with you? Norwood. Uh, yeah. Um, yep, James Norwood. Fleetwood Town, Dundee United, two clubs which have shown a, a little bit of interest in him, um, both with with prior relationships. Looking at Fleetwood, um, Jerry Barton tried to sign him for Fleetwood uh, last summer and were in, very much in the running for that. Um, there's a bit of a relationship there between Barton and, and Norwood. Um, I think they share representation. Um, so that they're aware of each other, they know each other. And Joey Barton made it pretty clear um, when Ipswich first played Fleetwood that they were, you know, they they wanted they wanted James, but Ipswich blew them out of the water in terms of finance. Maybe not quite to the degree that that Barton would have you believe publicly, yeah. but um, but yeah. And then Dundee United is a are, are managed by Mickey Mellon, who was James's. Uh, manager at Tranmere when he scored all those goals and won two promotions and and subsequently a move to Ipswich. So um, two clubs with prior relationships there. Dundee Dundee could be looking for a new striker this summer when their main man Lawrence Shankland moves on. Sounds like he's off to Rangers. So um, Norwood's one they like. One they like there. Mm. Stewie, we, mm. we understand though that that. Town aren't obviously looking looking to get rid of Norwood. That's correct, isn't it? 
from what we gather yeah the uh, the inquiry was they've been inquiries at the moment no, nothing more than that um and inquiries that have been given um pretty short shrift um so he's only had a season at Ipswich so far a season that was disrupted by injuries um i don't think we've seen what james norwood is all about so far mm. um didn't light up the division last season i think it's fair to say even before the injuries there was a lot of one-on-one chances that, that went begging um but i think i i'd like to see james norwood what he's like in this second season for Ipswich, maybe in a system that is built around him a little bit more hopefully this this prolonged covid break has enabled him to to fully get his um groin troubles fully sorted out um mm. Even if Ipswich wanted to move James Norwood on, and that's that's a big if, and as I've just said, the understanding is they don't. Um, the wages would probably make it preventable anyway. He's, um, he's on a top-end a top end League One wage. There was a lot of clubs after him last summer. Ipswich beat, beat the financial packages on offer from several other clubs, as Andy says. So in the current sort of COVID climate with salary cap potentially on the horizon, I think it would make it difficult for uh, other clubs to to match what he's on. Mm. And that, that includes Scotland as well, because yes, Dundee United are playing in the, the, the top flight in Scotland, but I think you'll probably find that their wage budget up there is less than Ipswich, uh, less than Ipswich's. And a couple of years ago, it was Adam Adam Rooney, the striker at Aberdeen, um, moved from Aberdeen, having topped the scoring charts there for a couple of years in a row. I believe he moved to Salford in League Two, who, who are a slightly different case. Obviously, there's a little bit more money there, but not crazy, um, because it offered him a pay rise to move from the, the top flight in Scotland to, le- to League Two. So, um, it's, it's, an, it, it's, it's tough, but I, I don't think it would necessarily be beyond beyond those two clubs to do something in terms of finance because I think at some point we were hearing last season that Fleetwood's wage budget might potentially be be higher than Ipswich's so that mm. they they pay their players well for the division but probably not quite well enough to to take over James Norwood's yeah. contract but, but, but the gap the gap isn't as big as people would would necessarily think yeah Andy mentioned those quotes from Joey Barton um from earlier in the season, he he was throwing some figures out around saying Ipswich offered um, Norwood, I think nine to ten grand, didn't he say, or eight eight to ten grand, and we only we could only offer him three to four. Um, I think there might be some exaggeration at both ends of those those figures, and the truth is, the gap probably wasn't quite as vast as Mr. Barton was was making out. So it's not impossible for other clubs to make up, but. Um, there has to be willing for Ipswich to let him go in the first place, and I, and I don't think there is that. And that's that's right for me because uh, similar to what Stu was saying, I I think it would be a horrible mistake to let to let James Norwood leave at this point. Um, I think he's got so much more to give. We saw we saw enough for me to believe that he could he could be a, a twenty goal a season man in in League One, particularly in a system that that plays to him. And I. Let's just say he he does go to Fleetwood. I can absolutely see him scoring twenty or twenty five goals, mm. somewhat somewhere like that. I can absolutely see it now. So I think it would be a, a real mistake if um, if he was allowed to, allowed to move on at this stage. They're looking for another striker, Ipswich, but that should be to complement James Norwood and certainly not replace him. Mm. Um, put out a poll this morning just on the back of the story on on the KOA Twitter page, um, simply saying sell James Norwood. Uh, we've had 750 votes, 21% yes, um, obviously 79% no. So certainly fans don't want to see him go. Roscoe, you are an mm. avid town fan, uh, as well as being obviously the greatest producer on planet Earth uh, and a good photographer. Um, what, what do you make of, of James Norwood? Would you even consider selling him at this point? Well, we've got no one to replace him, so No. <laughs> I don't think we'll bring anybody else in. I like I like him. I like him. I think he looks like well, I've been reading and I've heard from you guys that he's been playing on one leg last season. So, you know, I I, I would be disappointed if he did go. I think where would that sort of show the fans 
you know, what are we doing in the transfer market in terms of selling our marquee striker from last year? Mm. Uh, you know, I was surprised when I saw the story this month. I thought, wow, of course, there'll be a few clubs maybe interested in him, definitely with the his old manager interested in him. Of course, he's building a project at Dundee, it sounds like. So he's always going to go into maybe one of his former strikers. But nah, it's not going to happen for me. Okay. Uh, I'll just read out a couple of the, the reactions we had uh, from the KOA army on the story. The pin, our old friend, friend of the show, says we should be counting our blessings that he's at the club. We've got short memories. This guy's helped put a smile back on town fans' faces and just think how many goals he might have got if he was fully fit. No surprise other clubs want him. Do not sell, he says in capital letters. Fraser Barnard. Oh, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some interference there for you. Um, Fraser Barnard just says, I'd sell Sears if we need to clear a few off the wage bill. It'll be quite a way down the pecking order, especially with the likes of Lancaster coming back. John Watson, head teacher in the North, Northern Battalion, KA Army. We should be looking to add to the squad rather than sell our better players. I hope that whatever we do with strikers, we've got replacements and additions sorted and not do a Waghorn Murphy again. Hope we add a striker and keep both Jackson and Norwood. Uh, and Andrew Spall simply says he's had a difficult season with injury. I think we probably bought him. Uh, with the injury, a fit Norwood is going to get you 20-plus goals a season. So certainly people seem to be um, suggesting that they they want town to keep him. Um, on the subject, sorry, on the subject of Jackson as well, um, I've kind of half-written before we came on and did this a, a story about Ipswich's desire to keep Caden Jackson as well. Mm. Obviously, last last week, a lot of that was around... A lot of the, uh, the talk was around Jackson. He, he has rejected contract offers. Um, but he does still have a, a year left and then the 12-month option as well. And Ipswich very much see him as being part of the plans as well. And there's no there's no desire for them to move to move him on at this stage. So it does appear that any striker incoming would be to complement those two rather hmm. than uh, This is a good thing, replace. right, isn't it? That, that, you know, both of them scored 11 goals last season. Jackson's weighed in with a few assists as well. Uh, it's kind of nice that there is some interest in Ipswich players. It shows that as much as we're disappointed about last season, and yes, there's no getting away from the fact it was it was a, a disaster in terms of the way it finished. Um, there were some positives, as Mr Lambert would like to point out, and I think the form of Jackson and Norwood in the early part of the season and the partnership they were starting to to strike up, I guess, is one that, that shouldn't be forgotten. So the noises we're getting from the club is that they, they want to keep hold of, of both of them and that the uh, the striker addition that we know is top priority is to uh, to come in and, and compete and, and push with them. Mm. Just to, to balance things up, obviously, it is overwhelmingly um, in terms of, in terms of uh, feedback we've had has been keep Norwood, but just to throw one, Another one into the mix from someone who maybe has a different view. Martin Code says, I'd be tempted to let him go for a big offer. He gives everything on the pitch and is undoubtedly a good player. But he scored 11 goals, including penalties, and his one-on-one finishing was poor. I know he carried an injury, but if he's fit enough to play, he should have scored more. So, final word on on, uh, on Norwood then, boys, before we move on. Um, James Norwood still going to be a town player start of uh, come September 12th, isn't he? I think so. I, I, I'm not sure you're... I'm not. If there's a desire to keep him, I'm not sure you're. It's maybe a slightly different case to, to Jackson and some other players in that I'm not sure you're going to get the cash, the cash upfront offer that's going to make that an impossible, impossible deal to turn down. If you know mm. what I'm saying, that he, he's, he's twenty. He's twenty nine. Yeah. He's never played above. He's thirty next yeah, month. Yeah, yeah. He's never played above league league one level. Um, you you can't see a championship club coming in for him on the, on the back of all of that so it's going to be a, if it's going to be anywhere it's going to be a, a league one rival yeah. and i can't i can't see one of them paying we talked the fee. about potential fees for jackson in the last one you'd almost i think you'd be talking about sort of a nominal fee if anything for norwood the only way i could see it happening is ipswich thinking we took a punt on this guy we knew he was going to be a big character but we've seen him up close for a year now. We're not quite sure that he his mindset is of a League One standard. Um, we hinted throughout the season that uh, the goal gifts weren't exactly everyone's cup of tea behind the scenes and that 
stuff like that just didn't quite fit in or sit right with certain people behind the scenes. But to be honest, Ipswich knew what they were getting with James Norwood, didn't they? That was the whole point that they were... I thought the character was a big part of why they signed him as well as the goals last season to kind of liven up the changing room, bring a new voice and personality to things. You kind of have to take all of that with him as part of the package. Um, I don't get the sense it's enough to for them to kind of want to see him out the door and get him off the wage bill or anything like that. I think um, hopefully it will be a reset with, with him and uh, we'll see the best of him next season. Mm. And just just finally, Dave Gort, uh, another one, member of the Carey Army, says the hardest thing to do in football is scoring goals. That's why forwards get paid more than defenders. We invested a lot of time and money into James. Now it's time to play a formation and personnel around him that play to his strength to get the best out of him. So there we go. That's James Norwood, link, done and dusted, very popular um, in terms of readership online. So clearly a lot of people talking about that, interested in it. Um, that's an outgoing, obviously. There's also a potential incoming that um, we've done today. Stuart, you, you wrote the story. Richard Keogh, formerly of Derby County, obviously left Derby in, in a, under a cloud. Um, an aged, it's fair to say, central defender. Uh, tell us about this. Um, yes, it's, it's one I've heard about a couple of weeks ago, hence why, if you look back on that centre-back Sipswich might sign, I kind of chucked him in quite high up on there, because at, at that stage I didn't really quite have enough to run with the story, or not, not to the kind of levels of checks that we would necessarily like to put stuff out there, but um, obviously it was kind of, it's gone out elsewhere via other news outlets today so kind of felt we needed to, to run with it but um, I think it is just that Ipswich are aware that he is available obviously and um, might be prepared to take a gamble on him because you'd be getting a good proven championship player who's played 26 times I think for, for the Republic of Ireland in League One, you know, without without the saga of him getting the knee injury in, in the car crash and being sacked by Derby, he would mm. be well out of reach of a club like Ipswich. So it would be a gamble, but you'd be getting not only a decent player, and there'd obviously be a huge question mark there because of nobody knows what he's going to be like post-injury, but you'd be getting a leader and you'd be getting a a character and a voice, which we've discussed. Maybe maybe Luke Chambers needs um, another voice in that dressing room as well, a fresh voice. So that that would be the thinking. Um, Lambert obviously tried to do something similar in the relegation season with, with James Collins. Um, so far from being someone that is top target or there you know there's an offer in for or anything like that because I don't think he's due back to I think November was sort of the target time for him to come back to but he's, he's certainly one that there's there's interest in. Mm. Hutchie when we've spoken about central defenders before you referred to the need for a meaty gnarly central defender but I suspect you weren't thinking of a 33 year old formerly injured um, central defender from Derby County were you? No I think when we talked about that I, I... I think I said if if you're going to sign a central defender, it needs to be the the, the long term heir to the to the throne of Luke mm. Chambers, for want of a better expression, rather than kind of a temporary a temporary patch. Um, but saying that he's you know clearly clearly he'd be if he's the Richard Keogh that was playing football a year ago, he would be he would be a a very good player in in the Ipswich side. I'm not not entirely convinced that that's the kind of thing they need to be doing at the moment. I'd like, I'd like to see them sign a, a 25, 26 year old who's, who's got some experience behind him, but got a lot of mileage left as well. Mm. Mm. Um, that would be, that would be where I would go in terms of, in terms of central defense. And look, I'm not, we don't know what kind of player Richard Keogh will be or, or when he will be back. And I'm not, for those reasons, I'm not convinced he would be a big enough upgrade on Luke Chambers to be, mm. to be, to be that kind of signing that they need to be making. Cause whoever that is going to be, is going to be playing alongside Luke Wolfenden. I'd imagine it's not, mm. it's not, it's not a replacement for him that they're looking for at this time. But yeah, someone a bit younger for me. But yeah, clear, clearly, clearly, if he's fully fit, 
I might feel differently about this come November, uh, December time when he's fit, ready to go, um, that kind of thing. But but right now, at the start of August, the the prospect of signing a a player who we don't know when he's going to be fit, probably almost certainly won't be fit to start the season, doesn't doesn't get me going particularly. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a no from me. Tanner already got an ageing, um, potentially injury problem centre defender, inspirational though he may be. Certainly not one uh, I'd be interested in. Roscoe, what about you? Richard Keogh? Uh It doesn't excite me. Uh, you know, he's had... You know, it wasn't really... Was it his fault, that car thing? You know, he was just a passenger, weren't he? Yeah. Passion, yeah. yeah, so like, you know, but yeah, for me, yeah, he's just old. He's, it's not a long-term signing. As as Archie said, I think I want a 26-year-old, you know, who's got some experience, but still got a lot of, you know, time left in, in his tank. But for me, it's just, like, it's not really, not for me, really. I'm, mm. I'm a, I have to say, I'm, I'm a little more keen than, than all of you have probably expressed, to be honest, because I think we've talked about sort of, the quicksands of League One taking hold and Ipswich kind of need to make this promotion happen sooner rather than later. And yes, it would be a short-term type signing and yes, it would be a big gamble. And I know they've taken these gambles on older injury-prone players before. I mentioned James Collins and and others and John Walters was another that you, you go and get these guys and they can barely play. But Keogh would be, I think he would be a, if if it's the Keo that's pre-injury, big if, I think that would be a significant upgrade on on Luke Chambers, if I'm honest. He's a couple of years younger. I think he's just that level higher. He's just better on the ball. Like we talked about a meaty, gnarly centre-half. He's, he's that, but I think he's better on the ball. And I think um, I think he would, would be an upgrade. It's just that big question mark over mm. what he's going to be like after a year out, isn't he? Mm. I'd, I'd agree with you, actually, in terms of certainly on the ball, yeah. That there is very much an upgrade there, but I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure we'd see the the full extent of that upgrade maybe until Christmas January. Which, speaking in August, I find it. You no, know, I, I find it hard to get enthused mm. by that. But look, if he's still on the market come November time, and there's still and it's still apparent that Ipswich need a centre back and he's fit. I think I'd feel very very different about about that because you would be getting a Championship level. Football, football player at um, at League One prices. Mm, mm. Okay, and um, before we move on from sexy stuff, as part of that story, Stu, there's also an update in there on our old friend Toto, wasn't there? Yeah, um, yeah. We toyed with putting this into the Norwood story over the weekend, Andy and I. It was something that we were aware of, but again, ne- needed to do a bit more checking on that but again it's kind of it's out there now um Dundee have inquired about him as well when they've asked about Norwood they've asked about Toto and this this one this one I could see happening um I I think Toto wants to move on from from Mm. everything we're hearing I just don't think his head was in the right place last season and it's just it's a shame because it's easy to forget that he'd actually finished the championship season pretty well when they got relegated. He played really well in that game. Was it the final game against Leeds? that He had a, a decent game in there. And he would have probably started the season last year if it wasn't for that silly hamstring injury he got playing over in Germany in, in pre-season. And then when he came back, he was probably playing a bit of catch-up on fitness. His form was poor. I think his confidence was shot. And in the end, he was the one re- really pushing for the loan move to Bolton. Because I think he just wanted to sort of get out of there. The pressures of of playing for Ipswich, I think, were were probably quite big for him, and um, that suggests to me that he's going into the final year of his contract now. That there could be something to be done there, and and Scotland, top flight of Scotland, that would seem to be a sort of level of football and a, a style of football that would would probably quite suit him. I can see the Scottish fans quite quite liking the way he goes about things. Mm. I think they'll enjoy saying his name in a Scottish accent. Yeah. <laughs> it does make sense though, doesn't it? I mean, sometimes you get the feeling that, that players just need a change of scene uh, yeah. to, to kind of progress. And certainly it feels like that, doesn't it, Hutchie, with Toto? Yeah, I think so. Um, 
he needs to play football. I think that's it, he he's not the kind of player that's going to be in, the, in 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 many ways the complete opposite to James Wilson. In that Wilson, you feel like you could you could parachute James Wilson into a football football game a month after he played his last football game and you'd still get the six, seven out of 10 performance that you get from James Wilson every week. You mm. might not, you might not get the nines and the tens, but you'll always get the, the sixes um, in there. Whereas Toto, if, and, and you can't see him being a first choice starter for Ipswich at the start of the season, really at all. If I'm honest, I can't also see him getting his mojo back by playing in the EFL trophy by, by playing once a month in the league when he's needed. We saw that last season. It just didn't happen for him. Mm. Like you say, sometimes sometimes players just need a, a fresh start somewhere else, somewhere that he can feel loved again and, um, and and rebuild his career, really. So, yeah, I could definitely see a move, be it Dundee United or elsewhere, happening. Mm. Then, then it's on to the question of how much of the 750 grand, if any, Ipswich are able to recoup. And I would suggest... Uh, it's going to be at the very low end of that. Yeah, they're not going to. They're, yeah, they're not going to make that back. Certainly, Roscoe. Do you think Toto should should play for Town again? I think that's gone now. I think when he got loaned out to Bolton, yeah, that was pretty much telling him that his time here was pretty much done. I think mm. it's a shame. As I said, like pre-season, I thought you know, yeah, definitely that Leeds game as you guys have mentioned. I thought you know what, this could be his season, but fortunately he injured himself and yeah, he missed. Pretty much most of that season, and you know, he played a few games here and there, but didn't play very well. And uh, mm. yeah, he's a, he's a, I think he's a fan favourite at the club because I think people love probably singing his name, and mm. you know, he's a character. But yeah, I think his time is probably up. And I think I he was probably... he was becoming a cult a cult yeah. hero. Is that the phrase that we should probably use? Yeah. Um, I don't think he's done quite enough on the pitch to become a fan's favourite. I know I know what you're saying, Ross, because there were songs about him and. Um, in a strange way, he was becoming this sort of fascinating figure for many people. But um, the, the number of penalties that he gave away and some of the rash free kicks and things like that were just starting to, to add up. And I think confidence is a big thing, isn't it? And uh, clearly his was, was pretty mm. low. Yeah, last season, last season was it turned into a disaster for him, didn't it? In that yeah. we, we were there in Germany. We were watching, weren't we, Stu? And... Um, it was at the time Luke Chambers was suspended for that game with Burton. The three available centre backs were Toto and Siala, Luke Wolfenden, and Corey and Darba. J- James Wilson hadn't arrived, and it was all there for him, wasn't it? It was all there for Toto to to kind of make a place his own. And he goes and pulls his hamstring in the in one of the Interveteran Cup games, which Ipswich weren't very happy about. In, in the most innocuous of ways, yeah. he just, just cleared a ball with no one else yeah. around him and his, his hamstrings just pinged. And mm. Lambert's kind of made a few veiled digs about, you know, you shouldn't be suffering that sort of muscle injury in, in pre-season, as if to say he hadn't warmed up or conditioned mm. himself properly or something along those lines. So uh, you're right. And, Wol- and Wolfenden certainly wasn't being talked about in the way he is now at that stage. In fact, Lambert, I think, had reservations about him being ready at all at, at that stage he's he's gone public in saying that so um it could have been a very different story for toto but it but it wasn't and uh it probably as you as we've all said probably now looks like it's uh time for both parties to uh for a change i would imagine mm. yeah i'm gutted it's just a shame it's not worked out for toto because when he signed hulking center back with anger issues great name right up my street rev my engine but unfortunately uh, i don't think it's going to going to happen so um, before we before we uh, get to the inevitable with Ross with us for this week, um, one one more thing to mention is that Ipswich Town fans. If you follow uh, if you follow um, the players on social media, uh, Instagram particularly, you would have seen James Norwood with a uh, a giant um, earbud up his nose this morning. Chamber as well posted posting about it. They're having COVID tests, Hutchie, which means they're about to step training up. Yeah, they work. That looks horrible, by the way, doesn't it? Having that, having that yeah. stuck stuck up or down your nose. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're working. They're cur- they're working towards moving up a gear in um, in terms of preseason preseason training and what they're allowed to do under the coronavirus protocol and stuff like that. Um, they came back 
two weeks ago and have been kind of working in phase one, which is small groups who are allowed to go for a run together, that kind of thing, kick the ball about a little bit. But by sort of engaging in the testing program, um, that allows you to move on to, to full contact football, essentially, and starting in small groups and then quite quick, quickly progressing into middle, medium-sized groups and then full football, which is clearly they need to train in that way to get ready for any kind of pre-season friendly action they're going to have. They're not quite there yet. They're, they're having the tests because they need these guys to be be clear and mm. um, and and um, in terms of returning negative tests but they're not quite there in terms of a few other little bits of, of the protocol. So um, it's not like they've had those tests today and we'll suddenly be playing 11 on 11 tomorrow, but maybe by the end of this week or ne- or next week, there could be some, some serious football going on at, at Playford Road, which uh, which will then hopefully lead into some pre-season games not too long after that. Mm. I've got to have one of those COVID tests next week. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it. It doesn't look pleasant, does it? It goes pretty well right up your nose. Uh, and then you've also got to have the back of your throat scraped as well, which uh, which doesn't appeal. Anyway, um, I digress. Everyone will be sitting we, at home now. We met you at the pub on Friday. Have, we, have you failed to declare there's some sort of COVID risk there with, with no, your no, self, No, no, it's because I'm doing that. Uh, I'm doing a, a fight show, aren't I, a week on Friday, and everyone's got to be tested ahead of that. So, um, so I'm, we can only, all, I'm only we, jesting. We can all be in the clean zone. We probably shouldn't have kissed those two, to be honest. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, obviously, everyone at home listening to this in your car, wherever you are, you'll be thinking, Roscoe is back. We've not had a strike oh, since mid-April. I've missed it. Let's get back to some level of normality. The strike is back. Ross, mm-hmm. obviously, we haven't got the studio. We haven't got your sound effects. You'd have to kind of hum them uh, to yourself, unless unless Hutchie can add them in the edit. Uh, but Roscoe, let's go. Let's take it away, baby. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Strike. Brought to you by the greatest quiz show host on planet Earth, producer Ross. Let's go. So, um, I don't know if you've forgotten the, the setup. <laughs> I couldn't possibly forget the setup, mate. Always the same. Yeah, yeah. As, as enthusiastic as ever there, Ross, with you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, Blast from the past. I've got yeah. two of these. got two of these. Um, Stephen Gleeson turns 32 today. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he made 10 appearances for the Blues. I went on to join which Scottish club after leaving town? Hamilton, Aberdeen, or Motherwell? Uh, go on, what do you boys go for? I always go first. <laughs> I, I think it's Aberdeen. I know it's Aberdeen. Mark, what I, do you think? I it's, I, do you know what, boys? I reckon it's Aberdeen. <laughs> and you are all correct. Yes! I've... Um, I've learned a new thing as well. I've got a, a nice little notepad here and I'm actually writing scores for once. Excellent. I know who is winning and who is second and last. Have you been doing some kind of intense um, quiz host training during furlough? No. <laughs> and are you wearing the jacket? I'm not wearing a jacket, no. I'm it's a jacket. It's... on a trick, Ross, because everyone's been doing these sort of uh, Zoom... True. Quizzes, family quizzes. You could have been. You could have made yourself available for hire, earned yourself <laughs> a little bit of cash. You could have been the guest quiz host for many a family up and down the land. Yeah, this trick there. But Still time. If anyone's interested, I think people are sick of quizzes now. To be fair, I think they're yeah quizzed out a little bit. Yeah, but this is the strike. This yeah. isn't. This isn't just any quiz. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Giorgio Santos <laughs> celebrates his 50th birthday this week. Who? Giorgio Santos. <laughs> yeah, Giorgio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. no? <laughs> Georges? No? Just George. Just George, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, he made 36 appearances and scored one goal for the Blues. But which club do you join town on a free transfer from in 2003? Sheffield United, Grinsby Town, or Queen Park Rangers? Queen Park Rangers. Um, I think he came from, from uh, Grimsby, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I'll say Grimsby. <laughs> I will also say Grimsby. <laughs> and you're all correct. Yes, we're heading towards a tiebreaker, boys. Have you got a tiebreaker, Ross? There's there's loads of other questions. Okay. Just checking, though, because there's not always a... Yeah, that's yeah, there always is, there one is, available. It's going to be one personal to me, so hopefully we'll get there. Excellent. So, yeah. Uh, town flashback! <laughs> this is... This is... Um, <laughs> yeah. This is an open day special. So, normally, you know, this time, you know, time a month, it's normally the start of the new season, open day games. So, yeah. these two questions are open day specials. Okay. So, 20 years ago... Town made their return to Premier League football. Unfortunately, losing 3-1 at Spurs. But who cares? But who scored the goal for Town? Was it Herman O'Reilly, Mark Venus, or Jamie Clapham? Andy will know the answer. Yeah. Why, why didn't you go first, Hutchie? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going first. Oh. Uh, uh, go on, then, Stewie. I've got no idea, and people will be screaming that I that I don't know this. Um, Herman. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say uh, Venus. Okay. It was oh. Mark Mark Venus. Yes, it was indeed. So three, three, two. How many now. questions left? Uh, well, have I got a limit? Have I? No, I'm just just out of interest. Another five. Wow. A bumper, a, bumper, a bumper strike. It's been a while. <laughs> anyway, this time last year, this very day, Luke yeah. Garbutt scored in his debut against Burton in the 1-0 win. Yeah. But who made the assist that day? Was it Danny Rowe? Goodbye, Danny. Flynn Downs or Cole Stuse? Uh, dear. Um, uh, Flynn Downs. Okay. I'm going to say Flynn Downs. Okay. I also have an observation to make once this question's been answered. Okay. Uh, judging that Andy said Flynn Downs and he was there that day and I wasn't, I can picture the goal. It was a deflection, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I'll say Downs as well. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Right, Ross, yep. has, the, has the answer to every single one of these questions been the middle option? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just noticed that. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Numbers game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, take, I'll, I'll take the middle <laughs> one. <yeah. laughs> no, of course, it's once again, it's the closest number. Ah. You know, this is... The debut special, because as you know, normally when a new signing makes uh, their debut, they normally do. Um, <laughs> start of the season. What does that even mean? I miss you so much. <laughs> Doesn't mean anything. When a new signing makes their debut, they normally do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but sometimes it's nice when they score. So these two games... <laughs> Include them scoring on their debuts. Oh, it's so good to have you back. Yeah. Uh, Ian Marshall <laughs> is one of those men who scored on his debut. Yeah. He uh, scored in a 3 0 win against his former club, Oldham, in 1993. How many goals did he score during his debut season? He was uh, the goal scorer of that campaign. Um, goal scorer. Yeah. I think he scored 16 goals. I think he scored 14 goals. Okay. 12. It's 15, so... We share it then. Me and Hutchie share it. Don't get a point. Why not? So it's 5-5-3. Five, five, Come on, Stu. Still, still a few questions. Still three more questions for the tiebreaker, so possibly. Come on. 
15 years ago, yeah. Nicky Forster scored on his Blues debut in the town's 1-0 win against Cardiff City. Now, how many goals did he score during his time at town? He, uh, he only made 25 appearances, so a little clue there. He was very injury-prone. don't know mm. if Andy can add more to Nicky. What more, what more are you after? You know, can you remember him playing for town? Yeah, yeah, I quite liked him, but they they did get him at kind of past the peak. Yeah, I uh, just on the Nicky Forster tip. I once, when I, in my news days, we'd heard we heard that um, Ipswich Town had managed to depart for an away game and leave and left one of their players behind at the training ground. <laughs> so I uh, I was dispatched to the training ground, walked through the front doors um, of the reception. And there he was, Nicky Forster sitting there looking thoroughly pissed off. How, um, how, how do you do that? How has that happened? Did, did, was he not there on time? Or I've, did... I've no idea. He missed the coach somehow anyway. And so me and my cub, you see, I was probably, what, 22, 23, very much a, a fairly still young reporter. Um, and I just walked straight up to him and said, uh, so you've been left behind then. Tell us about it. And, and he basically told me to go forth and multiply. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Good little Nicky, Nicky Forster story there for you, boys. Um, Did he go on the... proceed to have like a Home Alone style weekend where he went home and sort of proofed his house <laughs> against the Rollies until he returned? Who knows? I'd like to think so. Uh, he, wasn't, he wasn't very friendly to me, though. Anyway, um, Nicky Forster, I reckon he scored two goals. Okay. Four. Okay. Um, six. Eight goals. Oh! oh. Sorry, Nicky. Yeah. He played twenty five games, so not a bad goal ratio. Eight goals, twenty five. Not too yeah. Bad. He was he was all right. He yeah. was all right. He scored a hat trick for Reading against Ipswich. I think it was probably the season prior, or maybe the one towards that. Um, it was a very good hat trick. He's a personal trainer now, wasn't he? A bit, this is before my time, but they were bit, him and Parkin came at the same time, right? And were yeah. suddenly being asked to fill the shoes of 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 Bent and Coochie. Yeah. Hide into nothing territory. Mm. Not good. Talk about transfers, sexy transfers, sexy stuff, as Heafy says. This is the a new feature as its transfer window, sexy stuff and all that. I thought I'll add a new little special here. This is not so sexy because these signings weren't so sexy because they were not very good, but Stop here we go. Sexy. <laughs> <laughs> Se- sexy in a Suffolk accent is... Yeah, is is, yeah. 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 And uh, was Paul Taylor sexy? Not very much because he cost us. <laughs> I'd, yeah, I'd say that he definitely wasn't sexy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he cost us 1.5 million plus add ons from Peter Burr in 2012. Yeah. He scored once in how many games? So closest number gets the point. How many games did he play? Uh, 25. Oh. That's exactly what I was going to say, because that's bang on, isn't it? I'm going to say 25 as well. Oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> so Ross just gives it away with his rubbish <laughs> poker voice, and then I'm trailing massively. I've got it bang on, and you've robbed me of a point. <laughs> is, yeah. it, is that right? Yeah. Yes! Well, Hutchie's won anyway. It's all over. Pretty much. Can we do the Ross Hall's personal to you um, tiebreaker, yes. please? Yes. yes. Uh, there's no, there could be no clues. There's going to be no additional options. But what vegetable have I enjoyed eating? <laughs> <laughs> How can this possibly be a tiebreaker? Uh, is, is, this, is this like like prawns? Like you've suddenly discovered this vegetable? Like... Yeah, I think it's a vegetable. Oh God! <laughs> oh what? <laughs> I'm going to Google it quickly. You, you it's, it's, not a, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a banana, is it, Ross? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, actually, I think it's a fruit. Oh, no. Is it tomato? Is it a tomato? No, no. Uh, oh, goodness me. They have different colours. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Minute, you said it's a fruit. You yeah. thought it's a... Right, okay. Um... A fruit that you thought was a vegetable. Um, is it an avocado? No. I've got no idea. What is, it an, is, it, is it an aubergine? No. Courgette? No. 
A plum. No. Mango. No. Uh, kiwi Watermelon. fruit. No. Grapes. No. Uh, Put us out of our misery. Yeah. Peppers. You're an idiot. <laughs> that vegetable. That's a vegetable. That's not a fruit. It says it's, it's, it's a fruit of plants. It's not that a pepper is not a fruit. Oh, okay. Are you trying to tell? Are you trying to tell us that you've discovered peppers during yeah. during the last making, five months? I'm making a lot of salads, and I've been you know including them in my salads, and they're really nice. What's your favourite flavour? All, all of them. You know, mix it up, shake about. I like it. Nice. I'll put it out there. There's no point in orange peppers. Mm. They're, they're silly. I'm not into them. They're probably they're probably the worst on the on the pepper scale. Mm. I'm not sure. No point. I mean, obviously, your reds and your greens are your classics, aren't they? Yeah, chuck a bit of yellow in, but or, orange offers you nothing. It, it it's not got the sweetness of the yellow one as much. Yeah. It's not got it's not got the nice heartiness of a red one yeah. as much, and it's not got the bitterness of the green. It's just no man's land pepper, and they'll chuck them into them those three packs as well, where you get like a really small red one. The biggest orange one because they know it's pointless, and then <laughs> kind of then kind of a green one that's kind of midway. It's nonsense. Excellent. Uh, so that brings us to the end of the strike, then, Ross. Um, yeah. Do you want to do your outro? And obviously, you have to imagine that Barry Cotter's doing this little little bit. Oh, I'll put Barry in there. We don't have to imagine. Barry Cotter here. That was another edition of The Strike with producer Ross. Tune in next week for another edition of The Great Quiz Show. Thank you for joining me and I'll be back whenever I'm back. Bye-bye. <laughs> that was great. I really enjoyed that. It's so good to have Ross back um, saying things incorrectly and asking ridiculous questions. It's fantastic. Um Boys, this has been a, a shorter podcast this week because, as I say, we just wanted to talk about the transfer stuff before uh, we could get the chance to do on Thursday. Something else I want to mention before we go, though, uh, we talked about it last week on the podcast. Fabio Wardley, formerly Ipswich Town youth player, uh, big Ipswich Town fan, won the English heavyweight title at the weekend, the first um, Eddie Hearn fight camp. Extremely impressive setup, an extremely impressive win. Knocked out a much more experienced opponent in the third round and is now the English heavyweight champion. And very much moves into a sphere of uh, some interesting big name fights going forward. Um, so yeah, well done, Fabio. Uh, hopefully the uh, the club will get him down when fans are back to parade the uh, parade the belt around the ground. I think he's only the third fighter from Suffolk to to lift a, a major title in the in the boxing ring. So fantastic stuff, Fabio. Boys, anything else to mention? I was reading quite a lot about uh, Eddie Hearn's fight camp this <clears throat> yeah. this morning. Um, Sounds fascinating. The only people in attendance were a, a, cu- a couple of journalists and two llamas. No, two not llamas, la- not llamas, alpacas, uh, which were apparently bought for Barry Hearn as a seventieth birthday present. But they were they were ringside. And I had, a, see, view, had I, a view I, of the ring. I didn't see any alpacas ringside. I think that would have been a COVID breach. But um, they might have been in a field adjacent. Oh, they were watching. Oh, they were watching, boy. Don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was really good. It was a really impressive setup. Roscoe, you watched it, wasn't it? It was really, really yeah. impressive. Yeah, I watched the, you know, pretty much the whole shebang. I thought, why not carry on? Not yeah. But yeah, you know, of course, it chat like their entrances was a bit, a bit different to normal, but it is what it is. But yeah, great setup for what the current situation we're in. Mm, fantastic stuff really really good to see fabio win as a big town fan so get behind him town get behind him town fans boys what, what um what have we got week ahead wise um hutchy obviously you've got a secret mission two secret missions can we talk I, about those at all or? yeah i don't i don't think it needs to be secret anymore does it it was uh it was it was secret um before when it was going to hit the anniversary but um we're looking to we were making a, a documentary about the the win at Wembley in 2000 prior to, to the virus striking, we were getting to, we got to a really, really good point with it, but sadly we all got locked down, meaning appointments with um, members of other members, some other members of the squad, etc., were, uh, had to be cancelled, but, but we're now able to get going again. So we're still going to finish it. It's not going to come on the, 
on the anniversary, but I still think it. I still think it's something people will enjoy watching. Hopefully, so um, yeah, got a couple of a uh, couple of little visits this this week to to um, to try and get that tidied up. Can we say who you're meeting this week? Yeah, yeah, I've seen David Cheapshanks in the morning at his uh, massive residence in the middle of Suffolk. Yeah, um, and then I'm very much hoping that we're still seeing Richard Naylor in uh, in Leeds on Wednesday, but still a couple of little things to confirm with that. I will say, um, Hutchie, you brought uh, your laptop with you when we when we met for a, a pint on Friday, and uh, it showed me and Stu that the the rushes the rough cuts of, of what's been done so far. And it looks absolutely fantastic. I don't think anything like this has ever been done before for, for Ipswich Town. Uh, it's going to be something that fans are going to absolutely love. Uh, and it's some extremely impressive work. You, you very generously there said something we've been putting together, but it's very much been your baby along with a couple of uh, video guys from, from. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I wasn't including you. I was, <laughs> inclu- I was, I was including Nick and Nick and Sean are the, uh, the technical people that have kind of made it happen. Yeah, it's brilliant. Stewie, um, you, we were very impressed indeed, weren't we? Yes. Yeah, it's a real shame that it didn't. we couldn't sort of uh, turn it round in time for the anniversary. But um, uh, still a, a very special day in the history of Ipswich. And uh, I know people are going to really enjoy enjoy watching this when uh, when it's uh, finally tidied up. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good indeed. Right then, boys, any other business before we take our leave? Yes. Oh. Is a bell pepper a fruit or a vegetable? A lot of foods that are, brackets, botanically speaking, close brackets, fruits, but which are savoury rather than sweet, are typically considered vegetables by chefs. This includes such botanical fruits as eggplants, bell peppers and tomatoes. So, perhaps we were uh, too soon to ridicule Ross there because maybe he's got a chefing background himself, so maybe maybe he's allowed to uh, sort of choose whichever term he, he wants to provide for uh, for the pepper. Yeah, fa- famously turned his back on the world of food because he didn't want to stand up, though. That's that's why that's why that didn't happen for you, isn't it, Ross? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it is it officially botanical classification. Peppers are a fruit. So you were right, Ross. In wow, front of, in front of, in front of me, it says the culinary class- classification is that peppers are vegetables. But that's botan- what I've heard by chefs. But, chefs can consider them vegetables, but nobody but, else. But botanically, they are fruit. So there you go. Learned something new today. And that's also nonsense. Learned, also learned that Ross Ross likes them as well. Um, Roscoe, have you got any other business, anything to mention? Uh, hopefully, I mean, who knows? We might have another podcast this week. We don't know. Obviously, we started very early this week. But if not, we're going to listen to you again, speak to you again um, in a few weeks, I'm sure. But any other business, Roscoe? Good to be back, even though it's maybe just one little return. But yeah, good to hear you guys' voices and everybody enjoyed my little brief return. Oh, mate, honestly, I think that's wet the appetite for uh, the strike season two. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think people have enjoyed that. Hutchie, anything to mention before we get going? No other business. <clears throat> Superb. All right, well, thanks very much for listening to this earlier than planned Kings of Anglia podcast. Follow us across all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Buzzsprout, Podbean, whatever. Um, leave us a five-star review on iTunes because it helps us with our position in the charts. We've had a lot of those, over 200 and counting now, which is fantastic. Um, have a superb week ahead, everyone. As I say, we may, who knows, may speak to you again maybe later in the week, depending on what happens. But if not, we'll speak to you again next week.
ice cream auction head to audioboom.com slash channel slash archive